Apple Watches are a wearable technology device that are most commonly associated with fitness and communication. However, they can be powerful assistive technology tools for all types of learners, but especially neurodivergent students. In this episode, we will explore how the innate features of the Apple Watch, as well as a third-party app, can help students manage their time more effectively and hijack the reward system of their brains to increase motivation and attention and focus on what might otherwise be viewed as mundane tasks. In addition, we'll discuss the optimal educational setting for these tools, the strengths and limitations of the device, as well as how best to implement the use of Apple Watches in the classroom. Stay tuned. Welcome to another episode of Seaside Soundings. I am your host, Maureen Gilman, and I am excited to bring you this conversation today about wearable devices. Specifically, we're going to be talking about the Apple Watch um, and how our perception of what it can do really needs to be changed and looked at through more of an instructional lens. Uh, because I do believe that there are some significant benefits to considering wearable devices like the Apple Watch as an assistive technology tool. I'm also excited to bring you this conversation because I'm looking at it as always, I feel like with everything that I do in my life through two different lens lenses. Obviously, one as an educator who over the past year has spent a good amount of time working in schools around sort of universal design for learning and tier one um, instructional practices. So I think considering technology at this level as a tier one and even a tier two um, intervention, there's a nice match between that and the conversation that we're going to have today. But also, and probably most importantly, the lens that I view almost everything through is that of a mom. And that of a mom of a child who does see and perceive the world around him differently. As I've spoken about before, my oldest son is diagnosed with ADHD and executive function. Very common diagnoses that we're seeing more and more frequently in so many of our students. But as common as it is, it still presents in the classroom um, in different ways. And these students who have these types of profiles really do interact with learning in very different ways. Um, So kind of understanding that profile and understanding what works and what doesn't work for them uh, is definitely an important piece of sort of the instructional puzzle um, of these students. And in particular, with my own son, I know that for him, sort of one of the ways that these disabilities present himself can be, it can look like a lack of motivation. Um, but what really I have found is that it's sort of the traditional approach to teaching and learning is just not activating his reward system enough. You know, he, as somebody who has ADHD, really in all facets of his life relies on those dopamine hits to kind of keep his motivation going. And 
sort of sitting back and just taking in information and responding when asked is not enough to really activate his excitement for learning. Um, So one of the things, and it's definitely been tricky to figure out the balance, but one of the ways um, that he and, and so many of his peers get that dopamine hit is through technology. So I am not a mom who is really excited about putting technology constantly in his hands because it can very easily sort of go in the opposite direction and be too much for him. So we, over the past few years, have really worked to find sort of the optimal balance between technology being beneficial and then technology being a distraction. And one of the tools that we just sort of started using last year is an Apple Watch. I don't really want him to have a phone. He's only 11. So for me, this was a compromise uh, into sort of that smartphone, smart device world. So we've used it with some success over the past year and a half, but I was excited to dive a little bit more deeply into smartwatches as assistive technology devices to really see and understand what we were doing at home that was working and how we could really better optimize this tool for his learning. And of course, on top of that, It also excites me to think about how I could then bring that message to teams of teachers that I'm working with uh, around the state in terms of universal best practices and universal interventions. Um, So to get right into it, the Apple Watch um, is obviously a wearable technology that allows most apps that are on your iPad or on the desktop or on Um, a smartphone to be activated right on the user's wrist. You can sort of most traditionally send messages, make phone calls, check emails. You can track your fitness goals. But what I'm learning through this conversation is there's so much more that you can be doing with these tiny devices. Uh, And mainly what I wanted to dive into today is how these wearable devices can be used to help students all students really learn how to better manage themselves, their schedules, their organization, um, and how it can be used to help motivate them as well. But I think it applies, obviously you can probably sort of make that connection already to students uh, who might be neurodivergent, but I think for all of our students, we're living in a constant influx of information. We're living in a highly digital world where most of the information that we're consuming is in some sort of media form. Um, some sort of digital media form. So having the skills and the strategies to manage that digital information is an important life skill for everybody and not just in the school setting, but these are skills that our students are going to need for life, right? I came across an article um, that summarized a review done by the Harvard the Harvard Business Review, and it was looking at what the top 10 jobs 
skills are in the moment. Um, and they sort of broke them down into technology-based skills and then non-technology-based skills. And out of that list, I think there's two that really match well with this conversation about assistive technology. The first technology-based skill that students need in order to be successful in this highly digital world is they have to understand what machine, machine learning is and how to interact with machines. And in the non-tech sense, um, another highly desirable and sought-after skill in the workforce is the ability to manage projects. And I think both of these sort of future-ready skills can be accomplished with the support of wearable technology like an Apple Watch. So let's dive in and explore some of these benefits in detail. Artificial intelligence and machine learning are becoming a part of just about everybody's day-to-day life. We were even just recently uh, staying a night in a hotel and the hotel room was equipped with an Alexa. So you're finding them not just in homes, but these types of um, machines are definitely becoming more integrated in many facets of our lives. And I think it is something that we're going to start to see a little bit more in classrooms as well. I do know that there are educators out there who have these devices in their rooms. And if we sort of expand that out and think about what our students are bringing to school, they're bringing machine learning into school if they have a smartphone, if they're wearing a smartwatch, uh, if they have an iPad, right? Those built-in artificial intelligence devices, uh, you know, Siri and Alexa or whatever it might be, are right at their fingertips or on their wrists, you know, sort of to keep it in the frame of this particular conversation. And if we don't teach our students specifically how to use them appropriately and when to rely on machine learning and when not to, then we're really doing our students a disservice. When we think about uh, the fourth industrial revolution, okay, the integration of machines into everyday life, you can understand why one of the top skills that our students need in order to be successful in the workforce is to learn how to work alongside machines. I know that there's a fear that machines are going to take over all the jobs, they're certainly going to take over some of those automated jobs, but that doesn't mean then that others don't need to know how to work with the machines. So by giving students exposure in an instructional environment to practice using those machines for learning, to know what to ask those devices and what to rely on other strategies for, I think is really important. And when we think about it in terms of the Apple Watch, you have, users have right there at their wrists, access to the World Wide Web. A quick, hey Siri, is going to send them either down the path of gaining the knowledge they need or on a path where they might be led 
to false or, you know, not accurate information. So helping our students sort of how learn how to vet out that information in an appropriate way is a really critical life skill. Again, that's not just going to serve them well in the school setting, but it will certainly serve them well uh, in the workforce as well. We already mentioned one of the other skills or job skills that students will need in the future is project management skills. The ability to break down long tasks into sort of manageable chunks and and really to be able to delegate those steps in the process as well. Uh, So one of the apps that I've already sort of spoken about and done some research on that is innate to the Apple Watch and accessible across Apple devices is the Notes app. Um, I think that is a great way for students to be able to take pictures of important documents at school, take pictures of their notes, of their homework, the ability to scan examples, or if we're thinking about it in terms of project management, rubrics and exemplars of the work that they need to do and have it stored really easily in one place is important. Um, And one of my favorite features on notes, and I'll be sure to link in the show notes here, the previous work about uh, the notes app is that ability to to have all that information, but then to be able to make checklists as well. Um, so that is innate right to the Apple Watch, and it allows students to then be able to take that information wherever they're going. They can easily collaborate with their peers in class, perhaps on their devices, but then when they get home, if they need a reminder about their notes or their homework or their project expectations, they can pull it up really easily right there on their watch. A new app that I'm really excited to try out with my son and and to hopefully bring the message to other schools uh, that is also accessible on an Apple Watch is this Timo app. So the Timo app is a third-party app that can be downloaded from the App Store, and it is an organizational app. It's a way that students can get in and they can build customizable schedules. So whether that schedule is in you know, the case of our house in the morning, maybe it's your morning routine. So when you wake up, Now you put on your watch and throughout the morning, sort of in a time-tabled way, your watch is going to give you very gentle reminders about what you should do next. So it takes the prompting away from an adult and it just gently reminds the students about what they need to be doing. Um, They can create schedules for their, like I said, their morning routine, for their homework, They can delineate project tasks and set deadlines for themselves. And again, what I think is beneficial about this over using this app on an Apple Watch as opposed to your iPad or your uh, desktop is that ability to get those very gentle reminders right on your wrist. I know for the case of my son, If I say to him, 
oh, go check your notes app or go check the Timo app for what you need to be doing on your iPad, there's a real propensity for them to sort of very easily get sucked down a different rabbit hole. Oh, you know, you go to your screen and now you've got all these notifications. Oh, I got an email from so-and-so. Let me just check this before I go do my notes app or look at my Timo app. What I love then about the Apple Watch is with a simple voice command, then you can pull these apps right up on your wrist, look at it and move on. I think there's far less of the um, far less of an opportunity to be distracted when the reminder and and what you pull up on your wrist is sort of just in a one app view only. Helping students to develop some important future life and job skills is certainly one benefit to wearable devices and For other reasons, there is an evaluation rubric for technology that I think give us some additional ideas about how beneficial these wearable devices can be, such as an Apple Watch. So this evaluation rubric looks at nine different categories um, to help you determine how effective a piece of technology, a device an app might be for use with your students. Um, So out of the nine categories, when I looked at this rubric, I thought that there were six that were real strengths, one that was neutral, and then two that we'll talk about a little bit later that definitely um, are are limitations of the Apple Watch. So just to start with the strengths, Authenticity uh, is one of the categories on this rubric, and it looks at how um, synonymous with real-world challenging tasks does the app or device sort of immerse the students in. And I think there's a lot of authentic application for real world. Just thinking about my son, I know based on his profile that developing these skills for organizations and reminders and notifications and project planning and you know learning and working along with machines that's just going to be his world um and they compensate for a lot of the deficits of his profile so allowing him the opportunity to really practice using and building those competencies in a real school setting is really important. Um, So I think there are certainly obviously very authentic ways that this device can be used for all students. Um, And just thinking about the Timo app that we looked at, that's a great way for students to practice, you know, using voice commands, pull up the app with your voice you know, add in your tasks, set your deadlines based on a project that you're working on in science or language arts or whatever it might be. Um, Another category on the evaluation rubric is the ability for content to be differentiated. 
And I'm going to put a link in the show notes here of some images to go with this. But one of my favorite features of the Apple Watch is the ability to fully customize the watch face. So no two watches need to look the same. Users can go in and they can build their home screen with the tools that they need most accessible. So, you know, for me in particular, I do have an Apple Watch. I like to see my fitness goals. I use a timer all the time. I um, use my messages and then I usually also have um, a calendar. But maybe for some students, you put um, on their watch face, they put the Timo app or they put the Notes app or a Reminders app, whatever they need to be most successful so that when they flip their wrist, the first thing they see are their most used and most beneficial apps for them. So I think that is a really important feature. It's certainly a strength um, of the device. Another uh, category that I think the Apple Watch comes out strong in is usability. It's very easy to use. Most students have had some experience with iPads or iPhones or whatever. The apps are launched from the um you know, they use the same icons so students can search for familiar apps based on what they look like. They can use voice commands to pull up the apps. They can, as I said, kind of scroll through by touch on the watch face and look for what they need. So they're very usable and very user-friendly. Um, probably in addition to being easily differentiated, One of the other greatest strengths, I think, of the Apple Watch, and and I think this is true of a lot of Apple products, is the accessibility. Yes, it's a small device. Yes, students are wearing it. But there's still so many ways that that watch can be made accessible based on students' needs. So there's the ability, just like there is on the iPad, for there to be voiceover so that if there are vision impairments, all of the content can be spoken to the user Um, and users can use their voice to pull up what they need. So if they ask to open the weather app, the weather app will open and then that content can be read to them. Um, There is Also, the ability, this one I really, really loved, is voiceover with screen curtain. This was new to me. Uh, So that the screen curtain, you can pull up an app, but it will sort of black out um, a little bit of the background so that all you're looking at is the most important information. So you think about a student who maybe has attention deficit and who who does maybe have the propensity to see something and get distracted, or the example they gave um, on the website is maybe you're pulling up your bank information and you just want to be able to see your balance. It'll kind of black out the background that might give away some sensitive information. So screen curtain, I think, um, is a great accessibility feature. In addition, there's a magnifier. You can use grayscale. Um, There's bold colors, large fonts. 
You can reduce the transparency um, to give a little bit more color contrast. Um, in terms of audio, there's mono audio, which if you're using your Apple Watch with um, AirPods or, or headphones of some sort, it helps to adjust the balance in so that if you have greater audio capabilities on you know, perhaps your left side, you can increase the volume on that side, vice versa. However, uh, your audio needs or a student's audio needs um, might be perceived. We've talked a little bit about the gentle reminders. So the haptics, which is just a very slight buzzing on your wrist, is a great way to get notifications if people are highly distracted by sort of the dinging of that notification alarm. And then students also have the ability to, um, you know, they can speak their texts, they can use the scribble uh, feature and sort of write out with their finger anything that they might need to. So those are all, they're not all of the accessibility features, but those are some of the ones that I really felt like might um, be beneficial in an instructional environment for all students. Two other areas that I think came up very strongly um, on this evaluation rubric are motivation and privacy. We've already spoken a little bit about motivation and most students at this point um, have from a very early age, have a lot of experience and time with technology. So helping to make sure that what they're doing in the classroom matches what they're doing outside of school in terms of engagement and interest and motivation is important. And, um, you know, an Apple Watch certainly falls into that category, but I think it's also important for them to see that type of technology being used in an instructional environment so that they can see that there is benefit to these devices beyond just fun and communication and gaming that can actually be a really important life tool for them. And then privacy is the last one. Um, you know, Apple is very transparent about their privacy uh, policies. They share that constantly. I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes to their privacy document. Um, but one thing that I really love, they also include in their privacy document some special considerations for children and how they might interact with particular content. But what I think just sort of keeping in this educational setting is really important is one, if your school is um, you know, using all Apple devices, they have an Apple school manager, much like you would with a Google or a Microsoft um, program, where it you can the district can set certain um, privacy settings um, and and sort of limit what information is coming in and how students might interact with that through an Apple school manager. But to me, I guess from the parent perspective, one thing that I have found really, really valuable is Apple's school time setting. And this is on the watch. So you as the parent, and perhaps you work in conjunction with teachers or, you know, if everybody is, if more than one student is using this kind of technology, maybe there's a greater conversation 
at the school level about what's allowed and what isn't. But school time lets you determine what apps are accessible during school hours and what apps are sort of off limits. So my son, we set his school time from 7.30 until 3.30, and he can only get to the apps that are used for his learning. So the notes app, reminders apps. Um, if we choose to go try out this Timo app, he would have access to that as well. So it's a nice way, sort of a scaffolded way, I think, to allow students to have these devices in or literally on their hands, on their wrist, but also still provide some boundaries for them so that they learn in a safe way how best to utilize this technology and not have it be a continual distraction. There's no denying that there's enormous benefits, and these are just sort of scratching the surface. Um, For any student, or adult for that matter, um, to use wearable technology as a learning tool. But I think there's some areas that I spoke about that really stand out that are particularly beneficial for neurodivergent populations, um, which again includes students with executive function disorder, ADHD, students on the autism spectrum disorder. Um, They will definitely benefit from everything that we already spoke about. But in particular, I think Uh, that tapping the haptics as your notifications and reminders um, is important. It's just that really gentle reminder might be enough to kind of get them to, you know, if they've become, at least in my son's case, if he's become distracted, just very gently kind of bring them back to what they're supposed to be doing. I love the ability um, for students to quickly set and respond to alarms and reminders. Um, You know, for a lot of these types of learners, thoughts can be fleeting. So the ability to really quickly just pull up your wrist and put a reminder in before you forget or address an issue before you forget, I think is particularly helpful. But one area that I think is also really, really helpful and doesn't get Um, as much discussion as I think it should is the ability for a wearable device to track and monitor and encourage students' fitness goals, especially for students with executive function and ADHD. So I did a little bit of digging in this area because one of the reasons that we originally purchased the Apple Watch for my son was one for the learning, but two, to help him remember and be encouraged to engage in some of the fitness tasks that we felt he really would benefit from, uh, particularly in terms of his core strength, which, you know, is a whole different issue. But I know that it's a powerful tool for fitness. So making that connection between fitness and learning is an important conversation to have, specifically when we're looking, as I said, with students with executive function and attention deficit. 
So I did some research, um, and and what I found is that there is a positive connection between exercise and executive function and sort of um, students' inhibition. So what some of the researchers found was that exercise changes the plasticity of the brain, and it increases a lot of the brain chemicals. It increases the blood flow, which then release the right amount of brain chemicals for a particular situation. So dopamine. I know my son and so many students who are neurodivergent rely on that dopamine to get them motivated to do what they need to do. Um, so the idea being that if they are exercising at a high interval, then they are sort of hijacking their own reward system and giving their brain that dopamine hit that they need in order to attend and focus on a particular task at hand. So thinking about that in the context of a classroom, you know, there are so many students with ADHD and executive function whose parents choose not to medicate them. And that's their decision. And I think that's wonderful. Um, But then how do you get students that dopamine hit that they need in order to then be successful in the classroom? Well, if they have a wearable device, they can go do a quick five-minute workout at an intensity that's going to get them what they need. It's a natural release of that chemical, of, of the dopamine, as opposed to sort of that chemical manifestation of it through medication. It's tricking and hijacking your own reward system to increase motivation for less, for those sort of least desirable tasks. I've seen it be very beneficial for my own son. um, And I do believe that it could be an intervention for some of our students. And the fitness app on the Apple Watch makes it very easy. You can just with, again, just with a voice command, you can pull up a five-minute walk. You can pull up a quick run. Um, They have runs that you can do uh, and walks, time to walk, time to run, where it's a guided session so that you know that students are not just sort of doing the least amount of work possible, but that they have the guidance of a, of a professional to execute that exercise session in a way that's going to be most beneficial for them. I could sing the praises of Apple Watch in an instructional environment probably all day. Uh, But I do want to give the full scope uh, and a, a practical reflection of this device. So there are a few limitations. And if we look back to the evaluation rubric, which again will be linked in the show notes, there's two particular areas that I felt like a 
Apple Watch kind of falls short in. And that's in data and feedback. And these kind of go together for me. Um, when we're looking at technology data, we're looking at what information is the tool able to provide to teachers to help monitor progress. So, you know, whether it's a summary of what students have been reading and how they've answered particular comprehension questions or the progress they're making on particular math facts, that's data that a lot of technology will give automatically to students, uh, excuse me, to teachers. An Apple Watch doesn't have that. In the same sense, an Apple Watch, depending on how it's being used, is not really giving any specific feedback to students about how the technology is supporting their learning. So I believe that instead, what teachers and students would need to do is really work together to evaluate the progress. Um, and just kind of jumping ahead and thinking about how this would be implemented in the classroom, one of the important considerations is that, yes, this has benefits for all students, certainly, but it's not realistic to think that every student in your class should have an Apple Watch and be able to use it all the time. It's just not logistically possible for a classroom teacher to manage all of that. Um, so really thinking about the students who would benefit most from it um, and keeping an open mind, I think, is the most important part. And not sort of as a wide-sweeping policy ban Apple Watches or wearable devices, but to at least be able to think beyond the potential drawbacks of these devices in the classroom and focus how it can focus on how it can be a powerful learning tool. And in order to do that, and, and kind of going back to this idea of data and feedback, I think teachers and technology teams, instructional technology coaches, accessible experience, learning experience, designers, whatever the roles might be in a particular classroom, I think want to be at least willing to trial these types of devices for particular students. They don't have to be students who are on an IEP, who you know, are sort of in that tier three. It might just be a need that you see in your classroom at the tier one or tier two level that you can trial. So thinking back to the data and the feedback then, kind of creating, I think the best way teachers and, and teams can determine how well these devices are working is to set that baseline criteria, okay? What are the students currently doing? Let's just stick with this idea of project management. Um, how are they currently organizing their time and um, sort of delegating their time to particular projects? Set the baseline for that 
and now introduce and trial the wearable um, device, the Apple Watch, the Timo app, the Notes app, whatever it might be, and see how much more successful, if at all, students are in managing a long-term project or in keeping their notes and their class assignments and their homework more organized. But set that baseline, create the criteria for what quote-unquote success would look like, and trial it over a period of time to see how well students' performance matches that criteria set forth. How much growth are they able to demonstrate from the baseline to sort of the post-assessment, the pre to the post-assessment, right? What does that look like? But also really importantly to consider in that as well is the feedback from the students. What are they saying about it? What do they notice about how they're working? What it feels like, what their work looks like, do they find it helpful? So not only is the quantitative data going to be important in terms of feedback for teachers, but also that qualitative data from students and teacher observations as well will give a really nice big picture as to how successful these devices could be in the classroom. This episode has certainly covered a lot of information related to wearable devices. I don't know if I've convinced you or not to try them out or to at least see them as a powerful learning tool. But if you do, if you are inspired, if you see the benefit of these tools to build 21st century skills, if you see how it could help students manage their time and materials, if you see how it can be beneficial to hacking the brain's natural reward system, give it a try. Let me know your feedback. I'm excited to try a few new strategies and really optimize this tool for my son. I'm excited to bring this conversation to educators who are ready and willing to try something new. And I'm excited to sort of hear some reviews. So please be sure to share your thoughts, your questions. If you have uh, opinions or a a perspective that challenges anything that's been presented here today, I welcome that uh, because that's an important part of the conversation. Technology is never going to be a one-size-fits-all solution, but I do believe that finding the devices and the tools that meet the needs of the most students is a really important starting point when we're looking at how to increase access to learning for all of our students. And certainly a wearable device with some great apps loaded on it, such as the Apple Watch and all of its benefits discussed here, uh, could have an important role in our future classrooms. Thanks for tuning in today, and I look forward to our next conversation. Take care.